and you know the it's just it's I didn't like it. I did not, <laughs> I just li- did I, not I, like it at all. And here's the thing. I think I went in wanting to like it because I, you know, you hear the Disney nerddom, you know, and I say that in a loving way. But I'm like, well, there must be something about this movie, you know, right. That, that makes it, it. And I never found that thing. And also just, you mentioned it's the fifth book in a series. So mm-hmm. when the movie starts, I feel like, huh? Why? <laughs> what war and why is there right. a war and why does this kid care about it and what's this pig like i don't understand ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we proudly present our spectacular show a podcast magic and imagination full of disney wonder news and pop culture it's the main street Electrical Podcast with Jen Novotny and David Dollar. Hey, Jen. Hey, Dave. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast. Welcome back to the Main Street Electrical Podcast for another great episode. A lot of fun Disney stuff that we're mm-hmm. going to talk about. We've got so much Disney stuff to talk about because we talked mm-hmm. news last week, and I thought, man, I don't know how much news is going to be uh, yeah, you know, right? for this week, and it just <laughs> like it just keeps piling, piling up. Uh, Jen, how are you? How was uh, how was the week, man? You recovered it's, from, you know what, recovered from your trip? Week? Uh, yes, finally. I was running like a chicken with my head cut off last week, right. but we finally got it all done. So it's good, okay. good, good. And I'm, I'm actually leaving next week to go to Disney World. I'm real excited about that. And nice. I, I cannot wait for this trip. I, I don't think I've ever anticipated oh a trip more than just this one. And I think what did it, honestly, was the music episode we did with the Imagineers a few weeks ago. Listening to that music, and now that we're putting, because I'm, I'm going to start, mm-hmm. I've, I've started putting the Epcot legacy theme or the, uh, the musical theme at the end of the show, of our shows. I just I hear that music in my head now, and I'm like, I can't wait to be there. I it's love. Be awesome. <laughs> so, so, Jen, how oh did gosh. you how did you Disney this week? Oh, well, I Disneyed last night mm-hmm. actually by doing Disney Princess trivia with nice. a good friend of mine. Nice. And it's like a nationwide thing. Okay. Over Zoom, and apparently it's like a pay to play. I don't know. They were like, "You want to come over to dinner and play Disney Princess trivia because you'll help us." <laughs> and I said. Yeah, why not? So we had a great time. We scored very well also. Mm-hmm. Did you win? Some of them were hard. We did not ah. win because there's a way you can like use a joker to double your points right. around. Right. And there were 10 of us on the team and my correct answers got overridden a couple times. Gotcha. They were like, no, 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 but we think it's this. And I was like, okay, you can go with that. But I'm like, I'm telling you, it's it's this one. But <laughs> Do you okay. do you remember any like sample questions, any hard questions? Um, oh gosh. So the one, well, just one in particular, this isn't particularly hard, but it was, you know, how many sisters does Ariel have? I'm like, it's six. Right. No, we think it's seven. I'm like, yeah, no, it's six. (laughs) You (laughs) brought me over here because I knew this stuff. Now trust me. Okay, that's fine. Uh, No, I just should have lobbied harder for my correct answer. Um, (laughs) Another, but some of the, some of them were very difficult. Mm -hmm. So the one is, you know, who sang with Peebo Bryson on a whole new world. Right. You know, and I could not access the name to save my life. So I was like, it was Celine Dion. I'm like, nope, Beauty and the Beast. Was it Patty, wasn't it Patty LaBelle? Nope. Oh, who's mm-hmm. uh, who's Peter Bryson? We see. Oh gosh, Pat, not Patty LaBelle. Um, it was okay. So it was the it was the R&B singer that sang on like 
all of these songs. And although Peter Bryson did a couple of mm-hmm. them too. P- yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter um, Bryson did a couple, but it was. You want you want the answer? Uh, hold on. Yeah, give me the answer. Regina Bell. Was it Regina Bell? Okay, it's Regina that's Bell. What, okay, yeah. And then the one that was, and I was correct. It was a three-part question. Name three Disney princess or three Disney characters who are known as quote retired Disney princesses from the and the films were 1953, mm-hmm. 1996, 1999. They were honorary Disney princesses but retired. Oh, I have no idea on that one. I have I would have and, no clue on that. And one. I like in my head because of today's episode, we had uh-huh. just kind of gone through right. the classics and I was like 53 Peter Pan, uh-huh. probably Tinkerbell. Right. And they're like, "Well, Tiger Lily makes more sense. Tinkerbell's not a princess." I'm like, "Ergo, they would have retired her." Uh-huh. I think it's Tinkerbell. And I said 96 would have been um Merelda, Hunchback. Okay. 99, Tarzan. So Jane. Jane. Okay. And sure enough, if I wasn't right on all three. Nice. Very nice. See, I was thinking Pocahontas, and that was 95. That was 95. Um, and I would have gotten a hunchback or whatever. But uh, and, and Pocahontas yeah. is still considered a princess. Like, they right. still. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking, those, too. I'm so. like, she's in the parks. And then so I thought Meg. She's not Meg is, 90, Meg is 97. So, yeah, I would have yeah. been completely confused on that. So, very cool. Yeah. Very good. Anyways, so, that's how I just need. <laughs> I finally ordered a shirt that I've been wanting to order forever. And I finally got it in the mail. And I don't know if you'll be able to see it or not. But. It's my Lost Bros shirt. This is a site called lostbros.com. It's uh, please stand clear of the closing doors. And on the arms. Oh, that's amazing. On the arms, it's got the monorail right here. It's got a, oh, And it's got the, the, so the Spanish great. version, like uh, underneath the uh, the English version. It's so cool. However, I'm afraid it's going to be too hot for me to wear it in uh, Disney World. So I may have to wear it for my 50th or for the 50th. Not my in 50th. The evenings. For the 50th, but uh, yeah. In the evenings, it should be fine. Possibly. Because it's. It gets a little bit chilly in the evenings. True, true. It is still, I guess, technically winter until March 20th. It's technically Uh, winter, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. But I'm excited about the trip next week. I'm excited about wearing my shirt. And I was excited when I got the shirt. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is so awesome. And, of course, trip preparations. I'm getting ready for the trip with my pins and getting things kind of packed together and figure out what I'm going to wear and what shirts I can wear, what shirts I can't wear anymore because of the core in 15. And, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, we got a lot of news to get to. So let's jump into the news. Let's take let's our trip it. around the world. Woo. It's all the news that's fit to print with David Ola and Jen Vatney. Yeah. News. All right, so first thing, we had a shareholders meeting yesterday, and I, I don't even think I knew that the shareholders meeting was happening. I didn't know it was happening until people just, started mess like yeah, it just happened. Facebooking it. Now, yeah. um, oh n- this is not the biggest story of the day, but Bob Iger is, of mm-hmm. course, retiring. He came right. last year, and, and uh, you know, he's got multi-decades, 30, 40 years with the company, or at least yeah. being a part of the company. Uh, Iger is, I think Iger is fantastic. He's, like anybody, he's made some mistakes here and there, some things they didn't agree oh, with, but, truth. you know, whereas Eisner was the guy who basically saved the company and brought it from obscurity right. into a major player, Iger was the one that got Pixar, he got Marvel, he got Star Wars, he got mm-hmm. Fox, he got all that stuff brought it in. Yep. Bob Chapek is the one that's just canceling this festival and that festival and just, whatever. So anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, the Bobs. No, it is his oh, last meeting. So that's kind of one of the big ones. Now, the big story, of course, that everybody's talking about, well, two things. The first one, Disneyland is planning to reopen. Bob Chapek came out and said, we're encouraged by the positive trends we're seeing, and hopefully they'll continue to approve, not giving any date, but saying no. late 
April. Um, you know, he has said his statement is we look forward to publicizing an opening date in the coming weeks with last week's announcement stating that the theme parks may open starting on April 1st. The fact is it will take some time to get ready for our guests. Sure. So in my my thought, and I don't have anything to base this on, but my thinking is April 1st is when they're going to start bringing people back to like cast members. That's back, my guess. Put people to... back in place to retrain, to mm-hmm. do you know, cleanliness standards, things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking 10,000 furloughed cast members and to retrain them right. to be a part of, to, to basically meet the state of California regulations. Right. Um, I'm excited about this. I really, I'm very really excited. Am. I, I'm, I'm excited. very excited. I'm, I'm glad it's going to happen. I'm excited. It's, mm-hmm. You know, who knows what's going to open. I've seen some of the regulations that said like indoor rights can't open just yet. So no space mountain, you know, so th- there has to meet some certain qualifications. I knew it wouldn't be as simple as just sure. April 1st. We're open. We're full capacity. It'll be a while before we get there, but mm-hmm. just to be able to ride radio Springs racers or to be able to, right. to walk through Paradise, uh, Paradise Pier, uh, Pixar yeah. Pier and do, you know, the, um, uh, I say California screaming and credit coaster or yeah, you know, maybe do small world because some of it's outdoors and just I don't know, just to have I say, that there's so on. much of it that is outdoors the story, but yeah. canal boats yep. and the you know yep. there's a lot that you and can I'm do. I'm excited about them opening. Of course, the next thing, and this is what everybody was talking about as well, is Ratatouille opening yes. on the first of October. Uh, which was a little surprising for people because a lot of people I, I think were expecting spring or summer. Mm, um, I was honestly, I was expecting Earlier. So I'm thinking, well, two things. Number one, I'm thinking it helps because Magic Kingdom has been sold out for, uh, for it's been yes. sold out for a while for October 1st. And by sold out, I mean park reservations. You can't get right. into the Magic Kingdom. That's where mm-hmm. everybody wants to be because it's the 50th anniversary. October 1st is the yeah. opening day. Magic Kingdom opened on the same day. Um, Epcot also celebrating I think its mm-hmm. 39th birthday that day. But, you know, so now people are going to be going to Epcot. So it kind of eases some of the tension there. People wanting to be Ratatouille. Second thing is, I think they just... I don't think they wanted the plexiglass. I don't think they want to have all the sanitation stuff up and everything yeah. all over the place in the queue. I think they want to have it as cl- as as clear and as easy as possible for people to ride, experience that attraction without looking through a piece of plastic. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it's pretty much ready, but I think they're holding off to October first. I'm gu- I'm guessing that that's the reason, and hopefully it'll be a situation where they can you know yes yeah maybe not have quite as much of that yeah. stuff that so that would be nice that would be nice i had yeah i saw somebody somebody mentioned that uh they should universal should open the velocicoaster on october 1st as well and watch the oh disney gosh. bloggers heads blow up like not knowing what to do <laughs> they like what do we even do <laughs> that would be insane also he mentioned that disney college program is looking to come back no date on it yes no definite but nope. saying that here's hoping by the end of this year um, that the program mm-hmm. will come back, which means that they are likely making strides towards it. They're likely doing things to get that back. That's it's good. Not something I know that was on the back burner for a while, but I think it's something they're looking mm-hmm. to. They're now putting on the front burner to say, hey, can we make this happen? Yeah. And the college program is a big deal because, you know, my niece is in the college program. And, sure. You know, she she was going to go back for another term and she mm-hmm. couldn't, obviously. Um, and I think she's aged out of it now, so she missed that. But uh but yeah, I, I think the college program is a big deal, and hopefully they will retrain them and train them even better to be yes. even better cast members as they exactly. were before. Uh, mm-hmm. Final thing that they mentioned in the shareholders meeting that was of importance: Disney Plus surpasses 100 million subscribers. That is insane because it's if crazy. you remember the shareholders call they had or the marketing call they had a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, they were saying that their four-year plan was like 75 million people. I mean, it's like they're 100 so million people. Surpassed. Yeah, 14 14 months into it, and it's just. It's crazy, and I, I honestly don't think that people understand how big Disney Plus is. It, there's so much stuff in Disney mm-hmm. Plus, 
It is mm-hmm. insane. Now with the acquisition of Fox, you now have all the like the Ice Age movies and all the other movies in there. Yep. I think they're turning. They're going to turn Hulu. I think into the. I don't say rated R, but to the adult ver- adult section. But basically. I feel like that's yeah. kind of what's. Yes, yeah. exactly. So if you want to go see Deadpool or The Greatest Show or something like that, you would go to Hulu yeah. and see the more, I guess, quote unquote, mature uh, things. <laughs> adult, adult audience recommended. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Also opening up in the world, the Taste of Epcot International Flower and Garden, Garden Festival. Festival. Which is like 300 characters in your in your tweet if you're trying to see. That's a lot. Yeah. Opened up uh, 125 days, so it's open to July 5th. Mm-hmm. I know why they're doing it this year. I don't like them doing a festival that long. I really wanted to be, like, I, I want the festival to end in May. I want there to be a few months with no festivals mm-hmm. to gear up for the food and wine, which should start in September and end But in it's going to start in August, and it's yeah, with the distancing and everything, and the and limited be, capacity, yeah. so... I mean, it's I, I get that, and that's this year, though, so yeah. uh, they're also going to have uh, live entertainment this year. They're actually having local Good. bands, local bands from the area coming in to perform, like it. which is going to be awesome. Uh, very excited. Epcot's new entrance design is almost finished. They are mm-hmm. installed a uh, component yep. of that. The flags of Epcot icons. Each flag has a logo <gasps> representing one of I six pavilions in Future World. And the flags will be permanent. This is not a celebration thing. They will be permanent. And I think they're awesome. Mm-hmm. I love those logos. I love the Epcot, the world yep, of motion. I love the them. Land pavilion they're so the good. Energy. They're just really, really cool. And there's actually a ton of them. There's probably like two dozen logos, but the six ones are kind of the main ones representing the lands. Um, Jen, I know you were excited about this. Polynesian rooms. We're previewing the Polynesian rooms. We've seen them on video. Yes, we have. What do you think? Tell me about them. What do you think? Okay. Well, um, let me preface everything by saying I'm so glad that they redid the rooms because the Polynesian being an original resort and having never had a full out down to the studs, you know, complete, complete overhaul. I mean, they'd had a lot of things changed out, obviously, you know, they're going to change the carpet. They're going to, you know, do that, but literally just kind of redoing everything. Um, So it was needed. I'm glad they got this refresh. I love the vibe. I love the Moana touches. I don't love the overall aesthetic personally. I know because I, there's a lot going on for me. There's a lot. But I love the Moana touches. I love the South Pacific feeling. I love the vibe. So I just have to get over some of the patterns that clash in my brain. Gotcha. <laughs> that's that's what I'm struggling with. I'm like, I don't like that pattern with that pattern. But I know that's an unpopular opinion. That's just where I'm at. <laughs> uh, Blizzard Beach also reopened as well. And this is going to be more me because you love the Polynesian. I love Blizzard Beach. I don't stay in the Polynesian a lot because I'm not that bougie. You don't I like don't water parks because you get your hair wet. That's and uh, nobody likes that. Blizzard Beach has reopened, and um, as as has Volcano Bay, by the way, over at yes, Universal. They, did. Mm-hmm. they opened like a week or two ago, actually, mm-hmm. late February. And so there are guidelines for Blizzard Beach, and no, you don't have to wear the water, the masks in the water because it's gross. Uh, face coverings required for all designated areas for each guest mm-hmm. to and up, including but not limited to park entrance and exit, retail areas, and food and beverage ordering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot wear the you actually cannot wear masks while you're on the water slide because water no is, dangerous, <laughs> disgusting. Um, and they've got a few other regulations. You actually can go on the the website or kind of see some yeah. stuff there. But um, from what I understand, everything's gone well with Blizzard Beach. I haven't heard any yeah. stories about any problems so far. There. And in fact, I've known people who've gone and had a great experience. So oh, good, 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 good. Uh, mm-hmm. Spring break 
completely booked. The 13th through totally. the 19th, there is no Nothing. park availability. And actually, I was actually dealing with a, a last week, I was dealing with tickets um, from a mm -hmm. client that they wanted to go for two days. And so they were kind of wishy washy going back and forth. And, you know, and I kept telling them in a very nice way. So we as travel yeah. agents, we want to impress on the people. We don't want to come across and say, you have to give us your money now. But we also want to under you to understand mm -hmm. that things are limited. If you don't do yeah. this now, you may not be able to do it later. And we can't design something exactly. later. Like, we exactly. can't pull out. So I, I'm, I'm trying to be real careful. I know you did the same. Be real careful about making clients feel like, oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. he's pressuring me to buy something. No, I'm just telling you that if you want this, mm -hmm. get it now. Um, so they were looking at doing two-day tickets for, for the Magic Kingdom and Epcot and or Hollywood Studios, and there was nothing for Hollywood Studios. It's been sold out for a month now. For oh, week. my gosh, yeah. And Magic Kingdom was, I think, only open on Friday, I believe, mm -hmm. for the entire week. And Epcot was open on, like, Wednesday and Thursday, so we kept going back and forth. And so the next morning, I got up, and I looked, and I called her, and I was like, hey, uh, Magic Kingdom's gone. It's 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 sold yeah. out. It's sold out. I I didn't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. Yep. Uh, and guess what? The two days of Epcot, there's only one day left. And so we ended up getting one day of Epcot for the client. And uh, that night, it was all gone. All gone. Completely. Mm -hmm. So that week is completely gone, which is, by the way, the week I'm going. Yay. Hey, <laughs> yay. Well, and and at, I will say the week before Easter, too, we've been getting more and more requests mm -hmm. for that kind of last minute time frame. Oh, we've got yep. school off or whatever. And that's, I mean, fantastic. We want to help you. We don't mind doing last minute trips. But the problem is I had someone, hey, we just, we want to do, um, we want to add a day and do this. There's nothing. Yeah, there is nothing available. There, I mean, there was Epcot. I could get Epcot most of the days. I could get Animal Kingdom one of the days. That's right. it. That's, 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 and yeah. I guarantee that will be gone. I guarantee it's, it's not gone. just the parks too, but the dining is gone. I mean, it's you know Nothing. limited capacity is there, and it's it's taking away the number mm -hmm. of reservations they can give out. Yes, and so it's like I have a client leaving uh, mm -hmm. the last week of last week of March into early April, and remember the fourth is Easter, so Easter's early mm -hmm. this year when it comes to April, and I've been looking at her dining for for six weeks now, checking. Once a day, once every two days, just kind of going through, you know, and looking dinner, lunch, and, she, and they're mm -hmm. like anything. I managed to get them a beer garden and a Liberty, Liberty Tree Tavern, and that's it. I mean, there are a few things available at Disney Springs, but in the but parks, there's, there's nothing just there. not nothing there. Yeah, and I think the caution, the reason we're saying this is, if you are even considering yes summer travel, this would be the time, especially with the fact that you know there's a. It's refundable up to 30 days out. Even yep. after that, you know, we have some other options. We can kind of guide you through. But if you think you want it, you should secure it. Because this, I feel like this is going to be the trend now mm -hmm. as things start picking back up and getting right. back to some semblance of what we're used to. Some and, semblance and of normalcy. Yeah. Some semblance of normalcy. <laughs> you know, when if people become more comfortable traveling for whatever reason that right. is, we're not getting into any sort of discussions about <laughs> this, that, or the other. But, you know, as numbers continue to go in the correct direction, you're going to want to lock those in sooner than later because space is going to be at a premium. Yes. Yeah, it's... It's it, just it is. It's thirty five percent capacity. So yeah. you know, on a normal day, thirty five percent. I think you would take it, but it just feels like it's so busy because yeah. it's, it's sold out. You know, and so you have the mentality going in there. Final story. I do have to tell you mm -hmm. this, Jen. You're going to be excited. It's tough to be a bug. It's closing. It's closing. Uh, wow. Only for refurbishment for about five days. Uh, uh, just FYI, they're going to refurb. They're probably going to fix Hopper, and then I'm just letting you know that. Uh, why did it, you get my hopes on, up? Uh, and I, I could tell that you have a burner account because on Twitter that somebody had announced it was closing, and right under it, somebody commented, "This ride terrified me as a child, and I hate it." 
And I'm like, oh, Jen has a fake Guilty. account. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> so that is our Disney World news. Final spot. I can't remember if we talked about this last week, but we will mention it here. The fact that Halloween Horror Nights is returning to Universal. Another big indication that things are coming back. And I've never been to a Halloween Horror Night, but I'm I excited. Um, it's coming out for 30 days, starting on September 3rd, 2021, going all the way through October 31st, 2021. Yep. Beetleju- the Beetlejuice House is coming back as well. Uh, that's I think it was that was featured during the Halloween Horror Night light event they were having, the yep. outdoor events and yep. stuff they were having. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's coming back. I'm I'm excited. I really, really yeah. am excited for this. I think this is going to be fantastic. And it's, you know, I, like I said, I've never been. And haunted houses like this aren't really my thing. I don't like to go into a bunch of haunted houses and stuff. But I love the concept that it's back because it also tells me, too, that maybe, just maybe, Disney World's going to bring back the Halloween party. Crossing my fingers. I, 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 I honestly can't... <sighs> I can't see them not doing it in right. some version. Right. In, in some version. Right. Not I'm so not scary Halloween that. light. but And also, let me say this. If you're ever going to go to a Halloween party, this is the year to do it. Because oh, my gosh, you, right. 35% capacity for Magic Kingdom. And, and if they sell, say, 20,000 tickets on a normal Halloween Horror Night, they're going to sell, like, 7,000 tickets. They're, yeah, they're gonna it's going to be less. Severely limited. This is the time to go. My yeah. guess will be that the characters will also be out, but they'll be in places like on balconies and stuff that you'll yes. be able to see them. I'm crossing my fingers. Hopefully, meet and greets will come back. I don't know, but I'm hoping and praying. That would that, be great. That, that or we'll even if it's, party. like, some some sort of a, I don't know, slightly distanced. Right? I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. And we'll be there for the 50th. So maybe, just maybe, we can go on that if Friday you night. No, I will buy a ticket. Uh, you will buy all of our tickets? Is that what I just heard you say? No, I heard Folks, I buy you heard a ticket it? for Jennifer's me. Jennifer's buying tickets for everybody. That's awesome. He's Good lying. Job. He's Good lying. Job. Don't edit this out because <laughs> don't edit my voice out. <laughs> What's that, Jen? You're buying? I'm buying tickets for everybody. Thank you, Jen. That's I, I, What? Did that even sound like me? Sure. Why not? Stephanie! Stephanie! <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about Disney animation. And I think this is going to be kind of fun because, you know, we haven't talked about a ton of movies and we're going to talk movies today because you saw a couple of movies, Atlantis and the Black Cauldron. I did. And and Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove. So you saw three. Exactly. Uh, I also saw Black Cauldron, Atlantis. I've seen Emperor's New Groove before and I actually watched Raya and the Last Dragon. We will get reviews on all of those. But before we start, I do want to kind of run through real quick the Disney animation eras mm-hmm. now i don't know yes. if there's a governing body a big cartoon or something that sets these big eras cartoon. in place and says oh this is what the eras are called but if you go online it's just kind of a, a common theme of like everybody knows these are the eras and i don't know how this happened but it just is uh and there are there are basically like nine common eras of disney animation and i'll run through them real quick uh 23 to 28 it's called the silent era those are the alex alice comics uh mm-hmm. the alice in wonderland comics not the cartoon that we all know but the alice comedies this was a a um, live action and animated film which back in 23 was a massive technological marvel to have that together this is when walt disney worked for laughogram studios in, in uh, kansas city missouri um 28 to 37 is called the pre-golden age uh this is when he lost oswald the lucky rabbit which was in the the uh, silent era and mickey mouse came in, came into play with uh uh, Steamboat Willie and playing crazy and things like that. So that's kind of that whole age. Golden Age is what kicks off the animated series. Uh, with Golden Age, you've you've got Snow White, you've got 
Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi. That takes us all the way up to 1942. Now, it, The Golden Age is kind of a misnomer because a lot of these films didn't make any money. Uh, Fantasia was a was a box office disaster for Walt Disney. Even though we look at these films now and we're like, these films are 80 years old. They have theme park rides. They're mm-hmm. classic rides. These were not successful films. Pinocchio wasn't right. Was not didn't make any money. Fantasia didn't make any money. Yep. Dumbo was going to be like a short film, which is why it's only an hour. Uh, it was going to be less than that actually, and they actually padded it up a little bit to make it. I think 63 minutes. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that is my mark for if I've seen a movie or not. Anything that's 62 minutes or under, I consider a TV special or a show oh. or something like if like the list of movies I have that I've seen before, it, it has to be at least 63 minutes long. Otherwise I don't oh, consider okay. it a movie. So WandaVision, great series, not a movie. Uh, a, lot of, movie. a lot of documentaries I've seen on Netflix are 45 minutes to an hour long. Those are not movies. Those are series or specials. Mm-hmm. 63 minutes. Anyway. Sure. So Dumbo Bambi didn't make a whole lot of money. Um, so this is, it's kind of a misnomer to say the golden age, but that's kind of what kicked off everything. Yeah. 43 with, through 49 is the wartime age. And that is Saludos mm-hmm. Amigos, uh, Three Caballeros, Make Mine Music, and Fun and Fancy Free, Melody Time, and the Adventures mm-hmm. of Mr. To- uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, all the way up through 49. And, and uh, you know, Jen, what are those have in common? Well, um, amazing attractions like Mr. Toad. What? <laughs> well, what? what they all have in common is they are all short films put together to make movies, to make full length ah, movies. Ah, yes, they are. They are snippets. Yes. This is Indeed. when uh, Dizzy was going through a writer's strike. He was going mm-hmm. through wartime. He was helping out the U.S. government with their with mm-hmm. their uh, uh, propaganda films. Which, by the way, if we're canceling certain things in this culture, I I am going to be shocked if we don't see a lot of those like be buried. Maybe put oh. into some sort of historical. Th- I would be very sad whatever. though because some of those yeah, are yeah. really great. They're really great, but some they are, are really very great. just they are very pointed and very of the age of the forties yep. of where we are culturally in terms of race, in terms of mm-hmm. what we all that. But um, I'm thinking like make my music. There were so well, no, I don't mean like the, the movies. Oh, but I mean that. like the, the propaganda films. Like yeah. Donald has a series of films of wartime, like to buy U.S. bonds and how we're attacking the Japanese. Oh, not, you mean those ones specifically, yeah, the, not the, the classics. No, the classics oh, the are fine. I think the classics. I was going to say, fine. like, I don't can't think of anything in those classics. It would be particularly... classics are fine, but but anyway, because they had gotcha. they didn't have a lot of money. They had no, to, I could they see that. Short films putting them out. 1950 through 1967, the Silver Age, and these are the final films that Walt Disney actually worked on, starting with Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, Sword of the Stone, and The Jungle Book, which of course was the final, the movie that Walt Disney had his hand in the final time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are all classics as well. And I, I yeah. don't think that they're as revered as Snow White and Pinocchio and Fan- because they're the original, those are the originals, and these are just right. classics. But all of these are classics. All of these are, are movies that people just love. Now, the interesting period is the next one. This is called the Bronze Age from 70 through 88, the 18, 19 years there. Mm-hmm. Also, called the, also called the Dark Era. Mm-hmm. Aristocats, Robin Hood, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, The Rescuers, Fox and the Hound, The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective, ending up with Oliver and Company. Any of our listeners have seen this where you've got these videos where it's like, Look at the animation uh, between the Jungle Book and uh, Aristocats. The characters are dancing exactly the same. They're all the same. And they, I mean, like you see the characters doing the exact same moves, the exact mm-hmm. same patterns and everything. It's just different characters. Well, that's that that happened for real because they to save money. They would have to go do go and reprint some yeah. of their drawings, reanimate the characters, do the same kind of motions and stuff. Not 
1970, you had no idea that people were going to have these at home and be able to compare them. Uh, they had right. no clue that 40 years later, people are going to be on the something called the internet. Uh, you know, Al Gore had not even invented it yet. And right. so I mean, come on. they didn't know they're going to be able to like put them side by side on YouTube and go, look at the patterns. They're exactly the same. Uh, but this was to save money. And this was also a dark period, too, because these some of these movies are not very good. Now, I love some of them are good. I love Robin. I love Aristocats. I love Robin. Um, Fox and the Hound. I know a lot of people love it. I'm just okay on it. I'm okay on it. Black Cauldron. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, Great, you know, great mouse detective, Oliver Company. These are movies that like animation was not doing well at Disney. None of this made any money. Mm -mm. Uh, They were kind of like kind of losing their way, basically, uh, Mm -hmm. in in a manner of speaking. And to the point where Disney was about to shut down animation. Michael yeah. Eisner, when he came in in 84, he and Jeffrey Katzenberg and a few other people, they had discussed it. And animation was the one that was losing the most money. Yeah. And they were about to, to drop it all. Roy O. Disney, the nep- nephew of Walt, mm-hmm. came to Michael and said, hey, let me take animation. Let me take yep. it. Let me see if we can work with it. And of course, a couple of years later, we have Little Mermaid, which apparently, I don't know if you've heard, Jen, was actually a pretty big deal. Um, <clears throat> but that kicked off the Renaissance. Was it? Really? It was. It was. It was kind of an important film. That kicked off the Renaissance age, 1989 through 1999. And with the Renaissance, you have, and by the way, this next four films, I don't know if there's a movie studio that put out four consecutive movies that were so just massive. Mermaid, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Lion King. And having said that, by the way, The Rescuers Done Under is also in there too. And it's kind of funny that nobody talks about that, but it's if Mermaid starts the Renaissance age, then Rescuers Done it Under. Is, it is. And honestly, I like that movie. I like The Rescuers Done Under. I've never too. seen either one of these. I, need I see. To and I liked them both. You know? So. Also in the Renaissance age, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. uh, Hercules, Mulan, ending with Tarzan. Mm-hmm. And then you've got what's called the 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 post-Renaissance age, also called the experimental age, which is what I've heard. And this is when computer animation really was taking hold. And they were doing yeah. different things. Fantasia 2000 came out. Dinosaur, Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Lilo and Stitch, Treasure Planet, mm-hmm. Brother Bear, Home of the Range, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, and Bolt. And these are movies that are just like all over the map. I mean, all over the yeah. place, different animation styles, different different stories. Lilo and Stitch, of course, is the big one that came out of there because Stitch is everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, Dinosaur is a movie that people just don't talk about. I know that's got a presence. I didn't in even Kingdom, real. But, I forgot that yeah. that was even a Disney yeah. movie. People honestly. just don't talk about that movie. Home on the Range is like that that drunk uncle that nobody really wants to talk to. You acknowledge it's part of the family, but when he shows up at parties, you're like, let's just not not really cater to him. We're we'll just ignore doctor, him, yeah. you know? Um, and finally we get to what we're in now, the, the second golden age or yes. the, the revival era is what I've also, mm-hmm. also call it. Starting with princess and the frog, the frog, which was a return to animation, uh, hand-drawn animation, tangled Winnie the Pooh, Wreck-It Ralph, frozen big hero six, Zootopia, Moana, mm-hmm. Ralph breaks the internet, frozen two. And now of course, Raya and the last dragon. And I'm not really sure exactly what age we're going to slip into. If the, if the post ran is just going to be longer I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know that the governing body has made a choice on how this is all going to go. But <laughs> now that we've walked through the animation, I want to get to the four movie, four four movies you talked about because they're yeah. kind of, you know, you have seen everything up until the post Renaissance. There's a few movies that you haven't seen. Um, mine is a little more spotty. I've got like this movie from 1944, and this one from 1968, <laughs> this one from just little pieces I haven't seen because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with, with the Disney Channel. Which and is I what felt, I did. I did grow up with the Disney did. Channel. You did. Which is why I saw them all. You're a little bit younger than me. You're 27, 28. Oh. No. Anyway, look at you uh, sucking up. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, uh, what's interesting about the, the Renaissance when the four big ones came out, Mermaid, Beauty of the Beast, mm-hmm. Lion King, Aladdin, that was when 
the millennials have been born. This is yeah. the millennials. They're growing up. These are the movies they grew up with, mm-hmm. with home video. Now, home video had come out in the 80s, but movies were like 30 bucks, $35 a pop. Oh, yeah. Back in 1992, I remember buying Aladdin when it came out in the clamshell for like $24. So the that was $24.99. Yeah, it was $24.99. So the movies were a little, <laughs> a little cheaper. Most people had VCRs at this point. People mm-hmm. were buying DVD players by the mid-90s to later in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. So kids were growing up in this era. So these are the why that I mean, I, I think the renaissance for, for Disney animation was huge in the 90s because these are the kids that are getting hooked on to Disney. Yeah. I hear, I mean, because honestly. Those are the four movies you hear talked about the most is the, the big four there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know the classic Cinderella and Peter Pan and blah, blah, blah. We know the, the later ones, you know, Frozen and the Princesses and stuff. But those big four kind of are the launching pad for everything we have now today. So let's get to these movies and we can kind of talk about them uh, one at a time. Uh, let's start with Atlantis, The Lost Empire. 2001 okay. like uh, animated classic um, is the, the 41st entry into the Disney's mm-hmm. animated feature canon. Uh, and I like the word canon because it makes you just sound so official. Yeah, I think you um, sound fancy. Voices, Michael J. Fox is Milo. James Garner as Commander Lyle Rourke, yep. who is the villain in this one. Uh, Cree Summer as the, the, the quote-unquote princess. You got Don Novello, mm-hmm. um, who people might know from old school Saturday Night Live. David Ogden Styers, who was Cogsworth, as well as a bunch of other characters. I think Rat, he was Ratcliffe from Pocahontas uh, and the Archdeacon and, and Hunchback and Jumba and Lilo and Stitch. So he is Harcourt mm-hmm. in this one. Jim Varney, who was uh, Slinky mm-hmm. Dog in the Toy Story movies and Leonard Nimoy as Kashim Kim Nidaka, the king of Atlantis and Kida's father. So this is the story of the Lost City of Atlantis. Milo is the is the, the Smithsonian uh, cartographer who is deciphering these, these codes mm-hmm. and trying to convince everybody that Atlantis is real. So they wanted to take an expedition to Atlantis and they want to basically you know revive it. And you've got, mm-hmm. <clears throat> of course, the people that don't believe in him and you've got the group that's going, I don't know, you got the whole crew and you got this yeah. motley crew of different people and you've got the... Uh, you, different talents and computer guys and whatever and whatever uh the first this is the little tip tidbit here the first movie that disney utilized internet marketing they were promoting through different serial companies and stuff they created huh. a website for this particular movie they had not done this before this came out not too long after the movie shrek came out so it really yeah the box office true. um Rotten Tomatoes at 49%. People don't Ooh, love that this it? movie. Mixed reactions as well. So yeah, not not very good. Did not make a ton of money at the box office. And whereas some films that, that were not that popular back then are kind of considered classics now, Atlantis, not one of those. Mm-mm. I don't hear a lot of people talking about Atlantis as well. No. I had never gotten around to seeing it until, until recently. Yeah. So Jen, what did you think about Atlantis? Honestly, I enjoyed it. I, I have to say, now it was, and I remember talking to you and you said, it kind of weirds me out hearing Michael J. Fox because I'm right. so used to him in other roles. Yes. And yeah. I agree. I kept hearing him as Marty McFly. Right. But that's right. whatever. But it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie at all because I love Michael J. Fox. It just, you know, his voice is very distinct. So <laughs> you yeah. recognize yeah. it. Um, I mean, I liked the storyline. It was compelling. I, I kept my attention the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed the animation and, you know, some of the twists and turns it took. It was a, I mean, is it going to go down as one of my favorite Disney movies? No, <laughs> but it, you know, was it right. worth a watch when I watched it again? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and I'm glad that I sort of am starting to fill that post-Renaissance hole of things that I need to see. Good, good, good. <laughs> so for me, this is one of those. Okay. So, and, and I've discussed this on the movie podcast that I have, and this is something that I'm really, I don't want to say troubled with, but I'm kind of recognizing when you're, when you're walking through the house and you turn the TV on and you flip the channels, mm-hmm. you'll come upon a movie. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's halfway through it. I'm going to watch it. You know, right. or I'm just going to leave it on the background noise. You know, whether it's for me, it's like Con mm-hmm. Air, 
or the bodyguard with Whitney Houston or something, you know, or Lion King. I might just turn on, but yeah. like, oh, this is good because it happens to be on when it, you know, it's halfway right. through. We were at the Hakuna Matata already, but I'm going to leave it on with so much streaming going on. This doesn't happen now. Mm-mm. A lot of people have cut cable. Um, mm-hmm. They're on the streaming only. So you have to make a point to go to get these movies. Yeah. You don't just turn on Atlantis and be like, I'm halfway through it. I guess I'll just have background noise. You have to sit down and say, I'm going to turn Atlantis on. Yep. So were this a movie back in the old days that I watched, if this had been like something on cable coming on TNT in the mm-hmm. middle of the Saturday afternoon, I would definitely leave it on. This is not right. something I think I'll ever watch again. I, I don't know that I'll ever make a point to go back uh, and be like, right. I'm going to watch, unless I'm a special situation, I'm with somebody who's never seen it, or uh, we're all hanging out and somebody in the group is like, I've never seen Atlantis. Okay, well, let's watch that. That's fine. It's not a bad movie mm-hmm. at all. I like this movie, but this is not a movie that I'm like, I feel like watching Atlantis. I it's just not. I it's, did enjoy you know. the theme music from mm-hmm. it. Oh, the I music will say was that great. I did enjoy. I did enjoy that a lot. Yeah, the music so. I thought was really, really good. I thought the animation was great. I think the animation looked beautiful. Oh, it I was lovely. It was really well done. James Newton Howard actually did the music for that. He's also oh, the okay. one. Um, okay, so he's he's got eight Academy Awards. Um, yeah, these mm-hmm. are movies. Uh, Pretty Woman, The Fugitive, Space Jam, King oh. Kong, The Dark Knight, Fantastic Beasts, uh, Sixth Sense, I Am Legend. Oh, okay. these are these are kind of obscure. So I don't know. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, nobody I nobody's ever heard of any of those. Movies. I've heard of the Dark Knight. I guess whatever. So, <laughs> eh, you know, I guess he's all right. So, so there's Atlantis. Let's come over now to the Emperor's New Groove. Interestingly enough, this is the 40th uh, movie. So basically, mm-hmm. Emperor's New Groove came out December 15th, 2000. Yes. Atlantis came out uh, June 15th, 2001. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm also noticing this too. This is when this 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 uh, um, I guess post renaissance era this experimental era they were pumping movies out like crazy they were fantasia dinosaur and emperor's new groove all came out in the same year atlantis came out summer of 20 2001 lilo stitch and treasure planet came out 2002 brother bear and and home of the range came out within 10 months of each other or six months of each other i mean it was just like boom 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 one after the other one after the other until they finally slowed down into a pace of like i think meet the robinsons is when they start mm-hmm. doing like yearly films, okay. Bolt, and then Prince right. Dog, Tangle, blah blah blah. Uh, but Emperor's New Groove, it is a a, a movie that our agent Meredith loves. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she is like on a mission. She's she, on a mission. She wants everybody to see Emperor's New Groove. Uh, David Spade she is Emperor Cusco. John Goodman is Pacha. Eartha Kitt is Yuzma, which is uh, one of the great underrated villains of uh, of Disney animation. Patrick 100%. Warburton is Kronk. We love Kronk. Wendy Malick is in this. Tom Jones, uh, Frank Cummings. I'm sorry, Jim Cummings. Frank Welker. Um, and Jim Cummings is the guy who did, I think, Winnie the Pooh. He also does Optimus Winnie Prime. The Pooh. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the uh, and the, uh, the the Transformers movies and stuff. So, so this is a film where you've got a selfish and egotistical uh, emperor, Cusco, mm-hmm. who's going to celebrate his 18th birthday by taking over and destroying a local village so he can build a lavish summer home named Cuscatopia. Now, with a water our friends park. with a water park, our friend Matt from the Imagineers, that's his one dream is he wants Cuscatopia to be built at Disney World. He just thinks that'd be the greatest thing be ever. Amazing. Now, Pacha is the village resident that does not like this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find along the way that Cusco gets turned into a llama uh, with the wrong potion. And Yuzma is kind of the, the villain pulling the strings upon all of it. Um, it is a funny movie. It's really, it's really funny. funny. This is one that I would go back to and watch again. Yes. Now, the reason I love this, like, I again, I'm a Disney history guy. Mm-hmm. There's so much behind this movie that people oh, yeah. don't know about. And we talked to uh, Cameron last week about this. We talked to Mark Walton about this. He would do one of the voices on this, did the animation on this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there was this was supposed to be called Kingdom of the Sun. It's going to be a musical yes. epic. They talked about this in 1994, and it just went through developmental hell, is what they call it in Hollywood. Um, got changed over. Sting came in, did the music, and basically all his music was 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 kicked out. If you watch the movie, there's this beautiful ballad at the end of the movie over the credits done by Sting called My Funny Friend and Me. Does not match the movie at all. Not at all. And it's a beautiful song, but it's like, why is it why is in there? And I've mentioned this before. If you go on YouTube, there is a movie called The Sweat box directed by mm-hmm. trudy sting's wife about what happened uh what, what happens when you've got a bunch of corporate executives that come into an office going i know you guys are the animators and you know what you're doing but stop everything we're gonna tell you what you should be doing and everything got mixed up emperor the emperor's new groove is a great movie i love it oh it is but i'm always intrigued at this, as to what could have been so yeah. now jen the floor is yours what did you think about emperor's new groove your thoughts uh, on that? okay so this was the first one i watched this week mm-hmm. And I loved it. I have to say the whole, so the casting, I mean, you went through the cast. Right. The cast was fantastic. Um, David Spade always cracks me up. And I feel like that was like his golden era right there because he was doing all yep. the things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, right then. So I definitely loved that. I laughed the whole way through. I loved Yzma as a villain because she's hilarious. I actually started understanding so many different jokes that people right. crack that right. were references to Emperor's New Groove, which I sort of got, but like <laughs> didn't get because I hadn't seen it. Um, I love Pacha's wife too. And I love Pacha's family. They were a fantastic addition to that. Um, I like how they did the storyline and I liked that it didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Like different things yeah. would happen it's and they just light. It's light. Like they, they would throw up like, how did that even happen? Who knows? You know, kind of situation. <laughs> You're like, yep, this is, it's just good. Inter- I would turn that on again. I literally yeah. would. And mm-hmm. now thinking I would love to see something Emperor's New Groove in the parks. I feel like I mean, great. there's enough of a following for yeah. this movie that they could sustain it. Well, much like Atlantis did not, does not have a cult following, you know, like some other movies Mm-mm. does. Emperor's does. It Emperor's does. is one of those movies that I think more people are discovering it because it wasn't a box office success. It didn't make a ton of money. No. Um, but people who have seen it loved it. It's 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so it, it's one of those movies that I think I don't know a lot of people who saw it at the theater, but people who have seen it before love it. And mm-hmm. just, you know, it uh, it didn't, like I said, it didn't make a lot of money at the box office. It actually premiered around the same time as, um, as Dude, Where's My Car? How the Grinch <sighs> Stole Christmas and What Women oh. Want. So it was fourth at the box office behind all of those movies yeah. uh, on a budget of on a budget of one hundred million dollars. It only made one hundred and sixty nine, which is a pretty good box office. But still, yeah, but um, still. you know, but I, I think it was kind of forgotten for like 10 years or so. And uh, honestly, I think where the movie got a revival and this is several years later, but I think when Soren came in and there's David yeah. Warburton doing Soren, he's a Disney icon because of that. I would give him a mm-hmm. Disney legend status because of New Groove and and uh, and that I just I don't know. I, I think it kind of took off from there because people love Patrick Warburton. They love Putty. Putty is fantastic. I think if they ever get rid of him from Soren, people will literally rebel. Yeah, I, I just don't, I, I don't think they're stupid. I just don't think they would do that. I, I hope they're not that stupid because literally people would be like, I'm sorry, what? No. <laughs> all right, so let's go all the way back to 1985. Oh my gosh, David. The Black <laughs> Cauldron. This is the 25th Disney animated feature film based on the first two books in the Chronicles of Predion uh, series, which have mm-hmm. five novels in them based on Welsh myth- mythology and uh, Welsh mythology, easier for me to say, mm-hmm. um, directed by Ted Berman and Richard Rich, which aren't names you really need to know. They both actually did The Fox mm-hmm. and the Hound a couple of years before that. This is the first animated film to be recorded in Dolby Stereo. Now I'm just giving you random facts about the movie. Huh. Um, $44 million to make. 
$21 million at the box office. It was vilified at the box office. People hated this movie. In the early screenings, when they made this movie, and remember, let's go back to the 80s too. This is back when right. Disney was about to lose animation. Uh, you know, people, the animation was terrible. And this was, to me, kind of the cornerstone of what Disney animation was yeah. and what it had become. Uh, Black Cauldron was screened for the for the producers and for the makers. Roy Disney walked out. He was like, I don't understand any of this movie. What is this crap? Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg told the animators, I hate it. Let's we need to go edit like 12 minutes out of this movie. It's too long. And they're trying to and this movie opens with like three weeks. And they're trying to convince Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh-huh. you can't just go in and edit an animated film. You can't just like it like you could with a, you know, because with a, with a regular theatrical movie with a narrative, yeah. with a live action movie, you've got different takes, go in and add different shots. He's like, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You can't just go in and redraw stuff. So he went to the editing bay, started doing it himself, got a call from Michael Eisner. Michael Eisner screaming at him, going, What are you doing? And Katzenberg is like, I'm trying to edit this movie down and 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 I, the big battle between the two which they never got along anyway and so the movie ended up being like 12 minutes shorter so they edited some stuff out which and we were talking about the movie as you were watching mm-hmm. it if you watch the end of this movie there are some scenes that were taken out some this is the first disney movie to be rated pg uh mm-hmm. it's got 53 percent of rotten tomatoes and i think some of that is generous honestly oh i think it's generous this but- is more of a this is more of a film that I think people who are diehard Disney nerds going, yeah, I love the Black Cauldron. I don't think a lot of people like Black Cauldron genuinely. I think it's more ironic fandom. I could be wrong. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe they people love it, but for well, me. I had a couple people who were like mentioned, you know, because I posted in my stories and I right. did have a couple people like, oh my gosh, when I was a kid, I loved that. And mm-hmm. I, part of me wondered like, okay, there might be like a nostalgia thing where, right. okay, I watched this and maybe the kid is super into fantasy or whatever. And you know, there are a couple of cool moments, I guess. <laughs> with the sword like that that was cool that was cool with the sword that this, was this movie's very dark very it is dark very dark uh you've got a character in the name googly googly what's his name uh gurgi 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 i thought he sounded like Gollum. you thought he sounded like well it, what's funny is the the very very first time he was introduced which is what mm-hmm. i was paying attention to right. he was making these sounds that were like blah, blah, right. and it right. sounded like stitch but then when he would speak calmly mm-hmm. which i think was a couple minutes later i was like oh no there he did sound yes. like Gollum. Yep. so if, i think that's where if yeah. Gollum and jar jar had a baby i think it would sound like this yeah just, he's right. it had a very very weird tone to it very strange um, now the animation is kind of cool i like the animation it's very traditional it's hand-drawn i did like that um, it did have yeah. to be one of the first movies to have computer animation in there mm. it just it's dark the horned it's king dark. is a very creepy oh very weird villain and i have no problem with that because the chernobog is also very creepy okay, that's like, true but you've got these animated floating skulls with like stuff flying out of it and everything. And the ending, which they edited out some of the ending, there's an ending part where he, like the Horned King maims one of the guards and another guard gets like melted in acid and stuff. And it's just, it's very dark and everything. It's dark. And you know, the it's just, it's, I didn't like it. I did not, <laughs> I just li- did I, not I, like it at all. And here's the thing. I think I went in wanting to like it because I, you know, you hear the Disney nerddom, you know, and I say that in a loving way, like, oh, the Black Cauldron, oh, the Black Cauldron. And so I'm like, well, there must be something about this movie, you know, right? that, that makes it, and I never found that thing. And also just, you mentioned it's the fifth book in a series. So mm-hmm. when the movie starts, I feel like, huh? Why? <laughs> what war and why is right. there a war and why does this kid care about it and what's this pig mm-hmm. like i don't understand and then it just kept getting worse and then yeah yep. <laughs> like i texted you and then I, I don't think i'm giving too much of a spoiler there's one part where you know Taran has been captured and then suddenly a stone lifts up in the floor and there's this girl and it's like where did she just come from how from the floor <laughs> like <laughs> so- why 
but he could just get out. Okay, sure. And it was yeah. very disjointed. And I felt like there was just a lot going on and I didn't like it. Yeah. Well, on one hand, I'm like, this movie's not for me. But on the other hand, I just don't think it's a good movie. I, I mean, just, I, it, just, you know, it didn't hold I, together. I mean, I love I love Disney movies, but there are some that are just duds. And I think this yeah. was a dud. This is known as the movie that almost killed Disney because the animation department was, was, was faltering. And, and you know, honestly, they were on the precipice of getting bought out. They had a hostile, bought out. They had a hostile takeover in the early mm-hmm. 80s. And if they had been bought out, they would have been sold off. Like there would yeah. be no... Disney, the parks would have been owned right. by another company and whatever. Yeah. Um, and there is a documentary out there. And Jen, this is the next thing you need to see. Okay. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. It's called Waking Sleeping Beauty. It's a documentary okay. uh, directed by Don Hahn, who is an animator mm-hmm. and director for Disney. Um, and they talk about this entire era of films, and it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, $44 million for the, for the Black Cauldron made $21 million. What part of the part of the insult to it also was that it was beaten at the box office by the Care Bears movie in nineteen eighty five, okay, which made about a million dollars more. And but that, was that a good did not, movie. Yeah, well, and it was happy. It was a yeah, happy movie. Maybe so, but Disney was like, "We're Disney," and this little Canadian animated studio called Nirvana, be, not Nirvana, but Nelvana, beat us with a Care Bears movie. What the crap, yo? And so it was just, it was, it was all bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was all so, bad. So that's bad. Okay, so our final film to talk about tonight is one that, Jen, you have not seen, but I have. And I, yes. I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about now because it's brand new and I want people to know if they should mm-hmm. see it. Uh, and that is a movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. It is Disney's 59th film. Okay, 59th film produced by the studio, uh, directed mm-hmm. by Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada. And I can't tell you off the top of my head what else they've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, two directors and everything. And basically the story is that uh, Raya is a princess and living in the land of Kumandra. And it's Ooh. been ram- rampaged by this sentient evil spirit called the Droon. And the Droon goes Ooh. through and, like, basically turns people to stone. When it overtakes somebody, it turns them to stone. Uh-huh. And so there is this little orb called the Dragonstone that keeps the Droon away. Okay. However, this power struggle for the orb, and this is kind of all in the first 10 minutes of the movie, so I'm not really yeah. spoiling anything. Power struggle for the orb uh, for the Dragonstone basically breaks up the, the, the stone and mm-hmm. goes into di- these different lands. Fang, heart, spine, talon, and tail. And those are the lands of the dragon land. Oh, okay. okay. So it's really, really cleverly done. So 500 years later, Raya is, this is where Raya comes in. And she is basically on a quest to mm-hmm. reunite all of these pieces to make to basically defeat the dream. Uh, so there is a little tropey stuff there because you know you you you're going through and you're defeating and you're trying to gather all the stones mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, but at the same time, she's also up against uh, Namaya, who is her childhood best friend turned enemy as the not <gasps> Namaya Numari childhood best friend turned enemy as they grew up uh, because Numari and her mom run the land of Fang and Fang is like the the big land. That's the one that's the most powerful. Out okay. Of all of them. Okay, uh, Kelly Marie, Marie Tran, which a lot of people know from the Star Wars films, mm-hmm. is Raya. Right. Aquafina is Suzu, and Suzu is actually the last uh, dragon, the goofy young. She's the water dragon. Oh. G- Gemma, uh, uh, character actress Gemma Chan is Namari. Daniel Day Kim from Lost and Hawaii Five O is Cheap Benja. Benedict Wong, who is uh, I believe Hong in um, the Avengers films. Uh, okay, no, Han, Han Han. I think his name Han. is Han. Han. Yeah, mm. um, I can't remember yeah. his name. Han? He's he's um, Doctor Strange's buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And I want to say it's Han because he's because Tony Stark is like Han. Han, you're invited to my wedding. It's Han. It's got to be Han. Uh, Sandra Oh is also in this, and of course, uh, legendary act uh, voice actor Alan Tudyk is also in this as well. Oh wow, which is like the Roly Poly guy uh, that you see in there. Um, The movie itself, well, it starts out with a short film, Mm -hmm. and I forget the name of the short film, but. The short film is fantastic. The short film oh. is these is this older couple, and they are they are 
it's basically dancing and they oh. get they get caught in the rain and when, well i don't want to spoil the, the, the don't spoil you, it but, oh but my i gosh. will say sounds cute it's, it's it's there's no words to it other than musical dancing oh. um and it's just it's it's a it's a great little story about love and about togetherness. Disney and, does the best short films. And the seriously. importance of, of being in love as you get older, like the love doesn't fade away and the mm. importance of trying to stay young as well for your other. And it's just, it's really sweet. It's a really, That's really adorable. sweet little story. And uh, the movie itself is, Ryan Last Dragon is fantastic. It is, in my mind, the best Disney storytelling has done since Frozen. And I, that that's over Moana. Wow. That is over Ralph Rex the Internet. That is over a Big Hero 6. To me, I like oh it better than my. Moana. Now, understand, too, I like Moana. I'm not a okay. huge, I'm not crazy like Moana like a lot of people. Okay, um, people, okay. Because I've seen it once or twice. I'm good. Ryan the Last Dragon, to me, was better. I like the story better. I like the animation okay. better. There's no music through it. There's no, it's not a sing-along tale. So there's, there's no, no there's, there are no songs. There's no songs in the story. Okay. Um, the sword play in it is fantastic because... Because they use swords and stuff and they have sword fights. It's amazing wow. some of the things they do. And you know, you've got Namari and, and Raya who were sword fighting, and it's just like you see the okay, battle. That and it, sounds amazing. It reminds me kind of it kind of reminded me of Kill Bill without anybody okay. getting their, their scalp chopped off. None of that was happening, so that was good. Well, I mean, that's um, that's that's a plus. Suzu as the dragon is Aquafina is so great as the dragon, and she fits it perfectly because you expect this last dragon to be like this regal, incredible character, yeah, just whatever. And Suzu's like this goofy water dragon. I mean funny looking dragon who's really I mean just it, her character is so great I love her character one huh. of my favorite lines and she turns into a human throughout because um, well I don't want to spoil the story for you either but yeah. she picks up special powers along the way and one of the powers okay. she does is to be able to turn into a human and at some point in time after being like almost apprehended by some villagers she looks at Raya and she's like being peoples is hard and <laughs> I'm like that is the line of the century right you there Type that in a chat yes. earlier today, and I'm yep. signed. <laughs> uh, well, I saw it with our friend Meredith. Uh, B, and I looked at her, and I was like, "That's amazing!" And she laughed and everything. Being peoples is hard. Um, so it is. Funny. It is wonderful. Parents, I think your kids would love it. I don't know that. It's it's cartoony violence, so it's not violent, mm -hmm. violent, but there is some tense moments in there as okay. well. Fair. There is a one of the things that Disney does very well is the love story. They love telling the love yeah, story. And then in do. recent years, what they've done is they've gone beyond like the, the romantic story. They've gone to like the sisterly love and the yeah. friendship love with like, right. like Ralph and and uh, Vanellope and, Vanel and, and, yeah. and, and and other things like that. And so, you know, brotherly love with Big Hero 6. Mm -hmm. This one, they've mm -hmm. taken a step out of love and basically put the spotlight on trust. Trust is kind of a main Ooh. point of this movie, trusting each other, how you have to trust certain people. And and the message it kind of gives you is just really, really I good. I like that. Uh, I just really enjoyed this film quite a bit. I mean, I, I just was enthralled mm. by the story. It, it went places I didn't expect it to go. The character, the, the supporting cast is great because as they go, as they go chasing these stones, they pick yeah. up people along the way, different people. And, you know, there are a few parts that I'm like, well, that looks pointless. But then it turns right. around that they actually mean something. Some of the characters that show up and it's just... It's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Really neat. I feel bad that this movie did not get the recognition it's it should have gotten in a pre-COVID world. This is a movie that would that would sure. probably get three hundred three hundred million dollars at the box office. This would move is a movie that would be so hugely popular. But right now, with uh, but right now, the way you know, they it, are. it didn't it didn't get a lot of money at the box office, and I think Disney expected that. Uh, the The week before it was released, sure. which just came out, the week before was Tom and Jerry, which came to the theaters, and one of the yeah. theories is that a lot of families who have not gone to the theater in forever are starting to venture out to the theater. They went to see Tom and Jerry, which had a pretty decent opening, had a terrible mm -hmm. second week. 
And so a lot of families went to see Tom and Jerry, but that was their one time to the theater. We're not going back to the theater for another month. Maybe we'll wait till Black it's, Widow comes so out. So they like that. sort of like so, preempted. Exactly. So they got bit. some of the some of the momentum that the Raya would have gotten. Um, yeah. now, now, one question that people are asking me, is it worth the $30 on Disney Plus? It's, yeah. it's one of those all access movies that you can pay 30 right. bucks for, stream it as much as you want. I think it comes out in June for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person to ask that because I wouldn't pay 30 bucks for any movie like this. Fair. I might be willing to pay $30 for Black Widow if it did not come to the theater and came only to the to the screen. Completely fair. I, I think that would do that because it's a Marvel movie. And I personally would I would Widow. not I did not pay 30 bucks for Mulan. I don't know that mm, I would pay I 30 either. bucks for this. And it's not that it's not worth it. It's just I'm cheap. I wouldn't do it. But I know people who have and have been very happy. My parents Mulan. paid 30 yeah. bucks for Mulan. Yep. I just went and watched it at their house. There you go. There you <laughs> go. And it, it would be worth, it would be worth, you know, finding somebody else and splitting the cost with it and, you know, sharing a Disney ID for, for a, you know, for however long you want to watch the movie or something. Or just get, well, um, or if you're comfortable getting together, if you're people who yep. do get together anyway, yep. I mean, some people have their circle and that's, mm-hmm. you know. This is a really good movie. I'm looking forward to your your assessment of it as well. Um, you were to watching it. I really you know, am. Yeah, I think you I think you're really going to like it. And you know, there I will... may end up paying thirty bucks for it. Honestly, just do it. you're loaded. Because you got plenty. My niece and nephews will be up in a couple weeks, and mm-hmm. I could just you know make them pay for it. Tell them to bring their allowance. Oh money. my gosh! Yeah, you're right. Less than ten year olds totally have that kind of pocket change. Or, or <laughs> they got to clean for it. You want to watch Raya? That toilet better be clean, son. You want to watch Raya, little girl? Like you better get that yard raked. Come on. I mean, just, you know, I think in our case, it's more like, honey, you know, you actually have to eat protein. No, no, (laughs) you cannot just eat oranges. No, that's not healthy. No. Mm. No, or you cannot just have cookies. What you can do is let them watch the first hour and 40 minutes of it and cut it off 10 minutes from the end and be like, okay, you want to see the end of this movie? Either you pay your $30 or do the chores I asked you to do. That is cruel. I that is so cruel. I think it's perfect. I, I think it's diabolically I, I've also heard, too, <laughs> that if you're you're dating somebody and you, you're sharing a Netflix password and you break up, one of the best things or worst things you can do to somebody is, is watch what they're watching. Let them binge all the way like a 10-episode season. Let them get, get to like episode nine and then change the password on them. Oh, yeah. that is awful. And you just suggest that to our entire audience. Everybody, that was not me. That I'm was David saying. Dollar. I'm just, that was well, David Dollar. I wanted to chime in and do something good for this for the episode because earlier in the episode, you promised you were going to buy everybody Halloween tickets. So. I don't recall doing this. I, I do. I listened back. And so, yeah. It's, it's, I, I think, wait, you've already listened back? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't believe you. It's, it's, it's on audio. I can't, nobody I can't believes help you. It. No, nobody believes me at all. Nobody believes <laughs> what I'm It's okay. <laughs> So that is our episode, folks. You can find us online at themscpodcast.com. Find us also there at Facebook. Mm-hmm. Find us on Instagram. Find us on email at themscpodcast at gmail.com on Twitter as well. And we are active on some of those. Some of those we're kind of eh, we're getting better at, but we're getting there. Jen, where can we find you on the interwebs? You can find me at Upon the Star Jen, and you can find me on Instagram also. Uh, and sorry, at Upon the Star Jen is everywhere. Yes. You can find me at Jen underscore Novotny on Instagram if you mm-hmm. choose to follow my normal day-to-day activities the personal the personal the personal life. personal adventures of life and, behind you know, the scenes behind the scenes getting the hair did and washing the car and making the kids do your household chores for watching the last 10 minutes of a movie I have you know, children kind of fun though, so yeah you know well you have a niece and nephew coming that's, that's true just, i do have them that's good 
Find me online at the Magic on a Dollar on Instagram. Find me Magic on a Dollar and Disney on a Dollar on Facebook as well. So find me in all those places. And right now we got the uh, we've got the ma- uh, the Magical Movie Madness tournament going on. Where mm-hmm. got it's movie super matches. fun. You vote on the movies you want to see advance, and you know what? We've eliminated something like sixty or seventy films. There's about sixty four wow. left. We're you know, we're knocking you down to the final sixteen. By the time you hear this, I think we'll have eight of those spots filled. Beauty and the Beast has won this thing four times. With Mary Poppins, Mermaid, and Tangled being the defending champion, and I, I know that there is a contention of, of a any anybody but Beauty and the Beast kind of thing. So yeah, are they Little all Mermaid, in the running right now? Little Mermaid's already been knocked out. Uh, which wait, Little Mermaid's out. Me. Little Mermaid's out. Shocked the heck out of me. I was counting wow. the votes and I counted them twice, and I was like, "Whoa, Mermaid!" So, pa- so Poppins is in. Pop. Well, Poppins is in. She she hasn't made an appearance yet. Her first oh, match is coming this... up tomorrow. Okay. Yes, in this round. Okay. There was a play-in round of all the other, like the okay. ancillary movies. Remember we talked about last week how you yeah, wanted Spider the Navigator yeah. to win the whole thing? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's already out. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and so now the, the heavy hitters here are the Frozens and the Moanas okay. and the Princess and the Frog, Toy Stories. Uh, but we're narrowing it down to 16. And then they'll okay. go one-on-one. So we'll have a champion. And I give away prizes. Everybody vote for Poppins. I give away prizes every Monday uh, while this thing's going on. And I would love for you guys to come join the pages and come yeah. vote and have a good time. And, we'll have a good and everybody time vote it. for Poppins. Yeah, everybody vote for Poppins. Or Enchanted, which, by the way, I, you know, that, that match went up today. And I didn't influence any votes by saying I would love for you to vote for the most enchanting Is it winning? Because it looked like it had a lot of know. votes. I don't know. I haven't counted that yet as of right now. I, like, it had a lot of votes, though. I did, but a lot of when them I looked. So, so yeah, I will count that. That was earlier today. So. Earlier today, um, and uh, that'll be that'll be up probably tonight or tomorrow or something like that. So, cool. anyway, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. If you have any questions, please email us or find us online or whatever. If you have questions about the movies, or if you have movie suggestions, if you're like, I want to know what you think about this movie or that movie. We're going to do this movie segment probably once every, I don't know, 10, 15 episodes, whatever. We'll do it all along and, you know, talk about movies and stuff and uh, have a good time with it. So, Jen, thanks once again for being my co-host here on the Main Street Electrical Podcast. Uh, Thanks to the Bobs out there for being awesome like you you always are. And uh, thanks to the listeners for downloading our shows. And don't forget to thank your Phoenician. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Electrical Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The MSE Podcast. Or visit our website at themsepodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe. And may all your wishes come true.